everybody out there in comic book land. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don, and if you're here, you're here for only one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by Comic Book Click. And as you know, I am never alone. Sir, introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Gregory Thomas Jr., a.k.a. GT Rebirth, because that's where it all began for me. And I am so happy to be here. We're here to have a fantastic time to talk about one of my favorite comic book superheroes. Yes, I decided to go far and wide, and I found one of the biggest Superman fans in the multiverse. GT Rebirth is here in studio, and we're going to chop it up about one of the most landmark milestone issues of comics to ever exist. Yes, Action Comics 1000. 80 years of Superman. Incredible. Did you ever think that it would get to 80 years? Do you think we got 80 more years in us? <laughs> oh, I absolutely do. Uh, Superman is sort of bigger than bigger than anything that could really tear it down at this point. It is an icon of multimedia completely. Like you yeah. can see it around the world and it is it's as recognizable as anything else. It transcends language and culture. It is Superman. What do you think it is about I mean cuz Looking at him, I guess we were so accustomed to Superman. But what do you think it is about the Superman story that it's endeared all these years? I mean, uh, is it the outsider story? Is it the uh, just the fact that he has cool powers? The alien story? Is it the I wish I could do more story? I think it is from a child's point of view. You see it as a child, and it is the embodiment of the everything that you want. I can fly, I'm super strong, I'm super fast, I fire freaking laser beams out of yeah. my eyes. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. that is the embodiment of the the imagination of a child. Right. You have the everything. You are the special, as right. it were. And I think, you know, I think that's part of the reason that initially I had trouble um, relating to the character. But... I also feel like as I've read more stories and seen more media on him, that he might be one of the mis most misunderstood uh, comic book characters to ever exist. I would go so far as to say that um, what you said is 100% right, in which when as we see him as kids, we want to be the invulnerable thing that gravity can't stop, that, uh, you know, that... Um, speed is in our you know in our wheelhouse and all that other kind of stuff but the best superman stories find a way to still make him vulnerable over all the things that he can do you know they still trying to put him in a position of like i just like the idea that superman's biggest issue is that he can't save everybody at once that he's eating dinner and he can hear people dying in the sudan and he can't you know like how do i balance what I perceive to be a normal human life, which I love these humans, right? I've lived amongst them and I want this normal human life, but I also am destined for more. How do I get what my destiny is while also getting to sit at the table of humanity and play that game? The most interesting struggle I have found with people when it comes to relatability and Superman is that the idea that they see Superman strictly from a superficial standpoint. Mm -hmm. So you just see Superman and you think he, ha he has all these abilities who can stop him. Yeah. But you have to sort of write Superman from an almost psychological standpoint. Right. It's not about the fact that anything you put in front of him, he can simply punch away. But what problems can he not solve or what problem can he not solve to the fullest of his ability? Right. And what does he still lose over time and how does that affect him? Um, One of my favorite 
moments in like the old Superman cartoon, which I'm sure we'll get into, is just yeah. uh, an episode where he. It's a. It seems like every other episode he fends off Darkseid, whatever Darkseid's machinations are have been right, thwarted, right. and the whole day is saved, and Darkseid's gonna go back to Apocalypse, and you know, we will move on with our lives, until Darkseid says, even victory has a price, and he annihilates Dan Jurgens right in front of him, which is something that does not sit well with the Man of Steel at all. Not at all. <laughs> so it's even when he won. He lost someone. Yeah. And that one person drives him mad. He should have been able to. Right. If you can just always imagine... The danger does not have to be to Superman. It's not about whether or not Superman's going to make it out. But it's about can he get the job done cleanly. Right. And it's also the idea, right, that we can be Superman in, in various forms, like at work maybe, like uh, it, meaning that we've, we've got the time, we've got the training, we have the uniform, we know what's, what the right thing to do is, but how often is that not enough? Is that we still, you know, there's still something bigger than what we are. It, the thing is, they make Superman seem the biggest. So when people look at him, they're like, oh, what could obviously, you know, what would, his, what would be his uh, problems or issues? But... You know, he's, this character spans 80 years, and after a while they figured they'd make a bunch of money by making a movie. Uh, they do the movie. They do the sequels to the movies that aren't all that great. Uh, you know, they you have them before then in the Max Fleischer cartoons and, you know, um, the old serials and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. What is your some of your favorite, in, uh, I guess I would say, incarnations of Superman? Um, the first Superman I always find myself going back to is the week. Weekday afternoon Superman animated series. Okay. That was the one I knew the best. Uh, I, you know, everyone kind of figured out a good way through the through the airing of it that like you can just kind of sing Superman to the opening theme song, uh, just Superman, Superman, Yeah, I remember that. That was actually a pretty good uh, good theme. For it was. It was, and that was uh, that was my first real. Um, getting my teeth into the character. Um, I, unlike a lot of people, did not get caught on to these characters through the comic books. Right. Um, interesting enough, when I was a child, I didn't read comic books as a child. Okay. I didn't start reading comic books until about two years ago, hence the nickname. (laughs) Um, The rebirth. Right. But the very first comic book I did read, because my father was a big collector, was I went through his long box once. I was just like, huh, a lot of these things. Yeah, where do and I grab? I, how do I start? Where do I grab? Right. Yeah. And I found the death of Superman. And I oh, was just dear. like, that's, Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> so I read that, and that was my first comic I ever read. So now I've already have this understanding of like, okay, Superman. You know who Superman is as a child anyway. It's plastered all over the media. Yeah. We even had that weird, like, Lewis and Clark Adventures of Superman thing going yes, on. Yes, did see that a little bit. It was like, bit. if you want some late night Superman, you know? <laughs> if you want some sex in the city in your Superman. Like, the what Superman is, is why? all about the romance. Yeah, it's like, what is going on with this? I, Superman I likes slow flights on the beaches. <laughs> That's it. I actually, I think I bumped against that um, animated series. I ended up eventually finding 
a lot of merit in it. But I think my first uh, an issue issue with it was I had fallen so deep in love with the Batman animated series. Yeah. And what a difference. Musical tone, uh, uh, villains, all that kind of stuff. And then there was that weird thing of like, well, now we have to change Batman the animated series to look like Superman the animated <laughs> series, which then kind of got me all all uh, that the dark. season four change? Yeah, where, where the, everyone just ends up Oof. having like flat, uh, logos. Um, yes. They take the Joker's red lipstick away. He's just uh, this white husk with black eyes. Yes. Very weird. Very odd. Um, Catwoman's just this black suit with this <laughs> white mouth. What did, what, what did you think of Death and Superman when you when you when you read that? It was it was um jarring. I I had a hard time almost understanding what I was reading, but it was it was watching sort of this epic battle and like. It's real easy for a, even a child to get through because there's not a lot of text in that point. Right. You know, a lot of it is just like, here is this epic battle throughout the city of Metropolis with this monster that seemingly cannot be stopped and has sharp, jagged edge bones, bones coming out of his body. Out of yeah. it. And yeah. so Superman figures out, maybe if I grab one. Ah, yes. There's the rub. I think I think with that with that story too, almost like the Action Comics one thousand, mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot more about what Superman means than than uh, just showing Superman himself. I mean, the guy dies, right. and a lot of the comic after that is just how the world reacts, how the clones, the rise of the Superman, and all Absolutely. that kind of stuff there. Um, but that's the beginnings of, and every so often they do this, right? Of like, we're going to kill him and you're going to look at people sad about yes. it. And you're going to realize yes. that this guy is important. Watch and them cry. I did not like that they did that or pulled that card in BVS. Um, I feel like, I feel like you should, I feel like that, that move you could even do post Justice League once everyone's mad about the mustache thing. You go, you know what, we're going to kill him and then we'll see how you like it and, you know, we'll go with it. But Superman's second movie in the DCEU, he dies. Well, I'm going to make a very brief crossover here, but I'm going to say with the big, with the big film coming up soon, there's this massive difference in the sense that we have a bunch of these characters that we've seen for about... 10 to 5 years depending on what character we might be talking about. Right. So whatever happens in that film will feel earned. Okay. In this it seemed like we had the one Man of Steel movie and then we had this film that technically isn't even a Man of Steel sequel. It's just a film with Batman and Superman in it that was that we're starting to create this Justice League melting pot in you know, start with. It's almost training. like Road to Justice League, and I mean, it's called yeah. Dawn of Justice. So absolutely, I mean, absolutely. It, if if you if it was a comic book, it would have just been Prelude to Justice and League. And you and and if it was a comic book, you didn't have to really read it. Like right. it would, right. it would, you know, it's, everything it's would just be tie-in. Everything would be in issue one or issue zero anyway. So absolutely. you have to worry about. So they they hit you with that moment, and I I get what they tried to do, and a lot of it to me stands up to the idea that when I look at these films. I always look at it as there may not be many of these. Okay. Right. You look at the Batman trilogy that everyone loves with the Nolan, and you got three. That's it. And that was it. Yeah. There's a good chance to me all the time that there may not be too many of these, so maybe we want to hit these buttons soon, and I understand that. For, For Superman in the DC Universe, it seemed like they wanted to do, or at least like Snyder wanted to do, Clark coming out of the dark and into the light to be fully actualized. Right. It is a admirable idea yes. that was not 
very well executed. Yeah, because he also did that in kind of a modern lens where he goes, okay, this this alien, this hero will be hiding in the darkness. Mm-hmm. He'll be uh, brought into the light. Mm-hmm. But our society is not one to just clamor to anything. We're going to sit no. and we're going to rip it apart Especially on the internet. Especially not anything strange yeah. or scary. On the internet, on the news, on, you know, on in newspapers, yes. we're going to sit here and rip it apart. Where I kind of wish they were a little bit more embracing of of Superman in general in those films. It's not me to say, obviously. I, I have my own conspiracy theory. My conspiracy theory, <laughs> as stated on this show, is that Snyder just tried to make allegories for the Watchmen because he already did Watchmen. Sure. Had those molds, those uh, those Absolutely. jello molds. Yes. And then it's like, okay, Superman, Dr. Manhattan, Superman, Dr. Manhattan, all powerful. Uh, I want to help, but I'm not really one of you. So I'm going to help, but I'm going to help at a distance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I will be your, your, your symbol if you want me to be, but if you don't, I'll just fly away. And, like, there's a scene in Justice. I tire of these people and their pretzel. Yeah, you know, there's, <laughs> a, there's, a, uh, there's a scene in, in um, BVS where. I hate it so much. It's it's Clark talking to Lois about like having to kill Batman or whatever. Like I have to, I have to go. And she's like, uh, "Can't you do anything about it?" And he's like, "No." And he kind of like just floats. Like he he does like this slow motion turn, like sad turn and fly away thing. And I'm like, Superman doesn't do that, bro. Like I, from what I've read, I'm obviously not the subject matter expert on him, but I've seen this guy fake being strong for other people when he knows he's gonna die. Certainly. Because, because to him that that hope, which is a, a big idea, you know, um, something that's founded now, right, in comics, actually comics one thousand eighty years ago. Absolutely. Uh, these comics were founded on hope. I feel like if you take away that aspect of the character, you kind of lose almost all of it. Well, the interesting thing in that, um, what we find in the very first story in Action Comics one thousand is that even though he does not care for all of the self-referential pat on the back you know congratulatory mess right he does have an understanding that this symbol is so much bigger than him yeah so he has to always project strength even in his weakest moments yeah because he he cannot possibly yield that um, that persona almost right like that, that persona that image. Of, of of hope yeah. That the symbol stands for, in some cases, literally, <laughs> and and it's also this the this, the weird idea of like wrestling kayfabe too, right? Where certainly, if you see you know the Undertaker, you expect to see him as the Undertaker, even right. if he's wearing sweatpants. You want the guy to roll right. his eyes to the back of his head. Superman needs to be Superman everywhere, right. everywhere. You know, we 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 see you, and we see you in our heads in a certain way. Absolutely. We we, ex- we expect that that portrayal. If, you, if you saw if you saw Superman, you know, walk into a Popeyes and order a three piece, it would just be it right, would right. kind of break the scope of the entire thing. Right, but you could see him use a super speed, make his own chicken, make chicken for the rest of the <laughs> restaurant. You know, like that's yes. something that he would do, and yes. then he'd be like, "Oh, it's on me," and then he'd bounce. Which is uh, the constant issue because then you have people who are just like, "Oh, that is amazing," and then there's the other half just like. That man can kill all of us. In yeah, a he can do anything. <laughs> he can do anything that he wants. That's to when do. they feel threatened. Um, with with all the different uh, incarnations, you have, you know, obviously the the myriad of the versions in the um, like animated and um, yes. in movies, yes. television. Uh, but comics have their full go- good old full share of of uh, different spectrums for Superman. You have the Kingdom Come Superman with the nice grays. 
yes. on the side. You yes. obviously have classic Superman with the with a different emblem on the chest. You have Injustice Superman, who's gotten a lot of people's fucking. I mean, uh, you know, oh. got a lot of people's energies uh, high. This is something people wanted to see from Superman. Some, some certain people. And uh, how do you feel about that layer in that story in that else world situation? For those who don't know, Injustice is a story that starts off with uh, Joker using um, with a combination of Joker uh, venom and, and fear toxin is able to uh, convince or trick Clark into thinking that Lois Lane is Doomsday. Mm-hmm. Lois Lane, uh, Doom, Doomsday is then defeated by Superman. By I think he beats the hell out of Doomsday in space. He sends it, her up to space. Yeah, and it turns out that Doomsday was actually Lois, and not only was it Lois, but Lois was pregnant, and she had. Which was one of the craziest plans I've ever seen in my life. She had a something that was tied to her heart rate. It was basically a, uh, a, a dead man switch. Yeah. Yes. So once Lois passed, the bomb goes boom, and a nuke exploded in Metropolis. So the uh, the idea is that Superman, the man, you know, with the super will and the super, you know, truth, justice, and the American way, that he was finally broken by the, both of the act of him killing his his wife and his unborn child, and then Metropolis, his home, being destroyed. He then decides to become a totalitarian. A totalitarian? Am I saying that right? Uh, That's too many T's. Yeah. Uh, he, totalitarian. Totalitarian. He becomes or a dictator. Tyrant for short. <laughs> or just a super dictator. Yes. Uh, which, <laughs> I, you know, how do you feel about that Superman? Do you feel like that Superman um, cheapens the regular Superman at all? Do you feel like that Superman is the kind of the Superman that would have that reaction uh, given everything that's happened? I think when it comes down to Elseworlds, you should have the freedom to do whatever you choose. So okay. I, I find it fantastic, honestly. Um, it's a little tough for me as a fan sometimes. But like, I bought the second game and I was just like, I played with Superman. And I was like, but he's a douche in this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, especially now when the video games have those dialogue lines now, and it's like, oh, he's kind of a dick. Yeah, he's 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 a little he's a little upset that but, people try to handcuff him. Yes, but as a story and as just like in its its own universe, I think that sort of thing is fantastic. Sometimes we should, you know, just do those things with other. Um, with characters in these other worlds where we can take a different look at them and tell a different story. Because why not open those doors up and adventure with different directions? Um, they're doing it now with, with the Batman White Knight where like yeah. the Joker's kind of healed and the good guy and Batman's gone freaking insane because he can't stand the idea of it. And then you have stuff like... Um... You know, with the Batman stuff, they've actually now been putting that toward to animated film. You have Gotham by Gaslight, yes, which is an Elseworld story, yes, uh, and then a rumored Elseworld story that might be in uh, development is Superman Red Sun. Yes, I've heard about that one. Um, that would be an interesting take because it's 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 a period piece in its yes, own it right. Is. It definitely, so is. you kind of have to understand what's happening and and the politics behind it all. And for the newbies out there, Red Sun, Superman Red Sun is a story uh, written where Superman's rocket lands in Russia instead of landing in Kansas. And it just goes with how he was raised and how he ends up becoming a symbol for that country as opposed to a symbol for this one and how the rest of the world uh, reacts to it. I thought in Soviet Russia, planet hits you. <laughs> I thought it was interesting as heck that you had... Uh, Luther trying so hard, like the arms race, right? Like, oh man, they got a Superman over there. We got to get something over here. Yes. Because that's what would happen. Like none of us were thinking about all all the heroes are here and they're actually going into that in Doomsday Clock, the whole Mm -hmm. Superman scandal or whatever like that. They all seem to have a nucleus within the Americas. Right. And we, because they're our heroes, we never sit there and question it. But if 
China randomly gained five superpower people tomorrow, and it's on CNN, the rest of the world would panic. Oh, oh, God, it would be a, it would be a holy war of a mess. Instantly, instantly, and uh, you Watchmen shows. How, what happens when you can use them as weapons? Where you have Dr. Manhattan, it's like, oh, yeah, you're not going to bomb us because you're just not. Or, we're, yeah. or we'll kill everyone on your planet. Absolutely. You know? It's a dangerous game you play when you do that, man. Once once, uh, once superheroes, or rather, once superpowered beings become weapons of, how do you say, of culture or of borders. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, get things get dangerous. dicey. Because but, there are people who believe in strong things and will do terrible things to do it. Right. Which is how you get Zod. Exactly. <laughs> and and people will will champion uh things that are seemingly benign mm-hmm. to make them to make them uh malicious now. For instance, if you were crazy conservative and not maybe a welcoming of people, you know, into this country, These you can say aliens. You can say well, Superman, you know, he was an illegal alien, but he stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Mm-hmm. And DC had to go out of their way to break those borders. Yes, they did. Because he's not just a, an American superhero. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a worldwide superhero, and that's what he the Justice League... for all people. So. Right, and no longer the Justice League of America. It's the Justice League. Now, you can have a Justice League subset in America. That's fine. Certainly. But every human life is supposed to be uh, as valued. And you see that in stuff like... Um, BBS, where he's going around countries and saving people from all manner of... And you uh, see it in Justice League, where now there's a flag in every nation. Oh, yes. Right in the very beginning, um, Salvo, there's these memorial flags for the Superman in, in nations across the globe. Even in the comic books now, the Superman family has extended into China. Yeah. With the, uh, the new Superman, Kanan Kong. And, and he has his own Justice League. Yes, yes he does. Um, I, that's a good thing to me. Yeah, because it's it's accepting the fact that Superman is bigger again than than borders, and it is bigger than you know whatever particular personal creed you may have, because all it really stands for is good and hope. Right, and any kind of way you try to pervert that is not going to work no, because it, it's it's, it's universal. Um, uh, two characters that are have recently took the forefront in Superman comics are Lois and John. Mm-hmm. Lois Lane being his wife and John Kent being his son. Uh, how do you feel about Daddy Superman? Daddy Superman has been very interesting to me. I've enjoyed it a lot because it's it's something that <laughs> it's interesting in a sense. So as you grow up, like we said earlier, as a child, you see Superman as the special. He's got all these powers. It's this amazing thing. And you hit some teenage years and you kind of rebel against that idea because it seems cheap and easy or, you know, too wholesome. Right. And as you grow further and become an adult, you sort of find how human Superman really is because, in a sense, is an alien that crashed as a baby. He's just a farm boy from Kansas. Mm-hmm. This further cements the point that Superman, the father, is just the same father you've seen in every street corner. Yeah in every convenience store across the world, it does help ground him just a little bit more. It, and that's a good thing. It's shown him to be just a loving father who is trying to teach the same human lessons to his son mm-hmm. that his, that Pa Kent taught him. Right. But at the same time, teaching him that he is a little bit bigger than all that. 
I yeah, that makes sense. And the struggle of 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 having a child really grasp all that weight. Yeah, and responsibility. responsibility. Yeah, definitely. You have um, you know, Superman being a father now. I I, I the the rhetoric is easier for me because yeah. it, with him telling adults certain things like <laughs> the train station still the most reliable uh, you understand but it, for Flying him it's still the most reliable way to travel yeah but for him to sit down and tell his son that mm-hmm. these are these are things he wants to impart on him yes which you think these are things that uh he finds important and uh, I, you touched on something with the alien aspect um where uh, about humanity where you would think like if you didn't know how to breathe, right, and you had to learn how to breathe, you'd probably be the best breather, most efficient breather ever, right? Absolutely. Because you had to learn that. Mm-hmm. We were born humans, and Clark is still learning how to be a human. I think he still values those things very much because he has to do them. You understand? Know yes. He has to sit down. It's, it's, it's instinct to hear the fire, two countries away. Right. It's actually work to sit down and write a a story for the Daily Planet or eat a piece of cake for his birthday. Certainly. And the fact that it's work, the fact that he puts that effort means that that is important to him. And I always thought that was one of his coolest characteristics. You know, take any person who maybe who sits in their office and has like a window side seat and has to concentrate to get their work done because they can hear the hustle and bustle of the New York City and those loud, annoying garbage trucks. Yeah. And, you know, uh, random reggaeton music playing out of the cabs (laughs) when they pass by. (laughs) You know, and now multiply that by like. 500 because he can hear he can hear babies screaming from miles away just because they're hungry and to have to really focus all that world make the world small Clark he has yeah. to really focus that world that's actually in. one of my favorite parts of that movie I know you love the Man of Steel, Man yes. of Steel film and I actually like it very much I, the only issue I have with it the only issue I have with it is with Pa Kent Pa Kent is the only person I got beef with <sighs> And I know you've heard this argument a million times before, but I feel like if that guy was just a little bit more optimistic and a little bit more, uh, you know, you're bigger than this, Clark, um, uh, he would have been set on a different path. I, But I also understand that with going with this more realistic Superman, that that is more of a, what a realistic parent would say. They would try to... to uh, protect their son and keep them on the close wraps. The Pac Kent in Man of you know. Steel is a man who knows that the moment his child is is public knowledge that the world will come for him. Yeah. And that's the realistic... They, I don't know if they ever, like, address that sort of thing even in the comics. They certainly don't in any of the cartoons. Right. But realistically speaking, if they found him... And, matter of fact, Flashpoint does address this mm-hmm. because they did come for him. Yeah. And, and they, they lock, put and him they locked away. Him up for years. They locked him up away for years. That's exactly probably what... That's exactly what would happen to that boy if anyone knew about him. And that's the fear the entire time. So that's why it's such a divisive scene. But when he says, yeah, maybe you should have let the, let the bus accident <laughs> yeah. happen. That's because had they found out what happened in that moment and you didn't get away with the one child that yeah. saw you and we were able to shut the heck up. Yeah. Things would have been very bad for everybody. And it's also the idea, right? Where, and you hear this all the time, you hear this mostly with, let's say, spouses of uh, police officers, Mm -hmm. stuff like that, where it becomes, well, yeah, you might, they may not have their life saved, but you would, you would be okay. And in that moment, 
Pac Ken is saying, yeah, kids would have been dead, but my kid would have been fine. He, I wouldn't have to worry about him getting locked up. And that is a selfish moment. But it's a realistic well, what moment. What parent is it? It's a realistic moment. But I guess what parent ever? What parent doesn't say that? You know, my kid's not the bad, <laughs> not the problem. I, I get, I yeah. That's it's it's a hundred percent true. I'm, I don't even guess. That is that is the reaction that he should have. My take from it though is that Superman is supposed to be bigger than that, which means that his parents are supposed to be bigger than that, which means that actually the heroes are the Kents. You know, in in, in all sense, this. Yes. And so you you me- you mess with that water in the mm-hmm. beginning, you would then have to say that his innate goodness came from the elves, which I guess he gets a conversation from his father, you know. Then and then you you know it's like oh I guess this is all built into me. I'd argue me. the innate but, goodness was always there. Yeah, but because... it's it's different when it's taught, right? Because we're humans and we play a lot a lot with that uh, evolutionary bi- biology, right? Of like, Absolutely. well, uh, is it nature or nurture? Is right. it what we were born into, the blood that's in our veins that makes uh-huh. us good or bad, or how we're taught? And to see, you know, if the Waynes would have gotten uh, Clark, it would have been a different story. Just because of the their their status, their wealth, uh-huh. this was farm people, like people who live very simple lives in a small town where you don't have to have these long conversations about bigger issues. Uh-huh. You can blanket whole parts of humanity with be good. share you know like you can say specifics about well you know and certain people are going to take advantage they didn't play that with him it was all blanketed everyone's human everyone's uh you know equal everyone deserves help and everyone deserves respect and i kind of like that aspect of it the humanity i mean the man of steel did humanize um superman but i do hope that man of steel 2 ramps that back up right right he he is he is self-actualized in man of steel because, like I said, the, the entire uh, nature to help people is simply his from childhood. And I guess that's the idea that the bus story is supposed to uh, project, that he believes in helping people innately. Right. Despite some of the things that maybe people tell him not to do because of the fears of him being exposed, he innately wants to help people. So even... After the bus story, he wants to help his father. His father stops him. And even after that, he still helps people wherever he can. He helps people on the docks when the when the uh, uh, the ship out there or whatever starts to fall apart. And he's helping people get off to safety. You yeah. know, that, yeah. that really cool scene of him holding up the massive pillar. Yeah. I guess uh, it's just weird. It's exactly what you said. He has this innate... In that movie, he has an innate uh, feeling to help people. It's just weird that it's in opposition sure. of his parents. But he does—he does do the—he does do the one thing he is taught to do, which is hide. Right, right. And he saves did, people. Then he I goes did, away. I did like that hiding sequence way better than Superman. I believe one where he just goes into the Fortress of Solitude and comes out as Superman <laughs> and like goes in. Uh, sees a bunch of books on tape from his, his dad and then just walks out. I'm like, yeah, I'm Superman now. Oh, well. uh, Hope you guys all like that. Got some do it now. <laughs> ah, and speaking of Superman, let's get down to the nittiest of the gritties. Let's yes, open sir. up this Action Comics 1000 because 10 stories, no shorter than 10 stories were written about this, not counting what I guess would be the actual story of Action Comics 1000, which is the one written by Brian Michael Bendis, who was, they used the Tesseract and the Mind Stone to take <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis from Marvel, he's at DC now, uh, to sums 
to some's chagrin, to some's uh, applause. Yes. How do you feel about Mr. Bendis? Uh, I have an interesting relationship with Bendis. Um, I did not get to read a ton of his stuff, but um, the stuff I did read mostly was enjoyable. Um, I enjoyed his Jessica Jones run. Uh, that stuff was amazing. Like, like yes. the, it's the it was it was almost like punk rock comics. Yes. He, he he brings a very very snarky cynicism to that story, which a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, especially this day and age where you know nothing's uh, yeah trustworthy to some. Uh, I I don't feel like though that I have the best relationship with Bendis. A lot of the stuff I've heard from, about him has been third party. Oh okay. So I hear people talk about Bendis, and there's the Bendis that does not care. And just kind of hand waves stuff, mails stuff in. Yeah. And there's the bendness that really gives a damn and works hard, and that's great stuff. Right. So like you, you it depends which bendness tends to show up and what books they put him on. Yeah, um, because you some. I mean, when he's enlightened, you get a Miles Morales, you know. Right. And next thing you know, he's taking over the universe, and right. then sometimes he just gets a little bit waney in his. And then you take his... that away from him, and he's going to sneak ultimate references and everything he <laughs> yes. can possibly get. And we'll and we'll merge them together. Be damned! They, yes. The ultimate universe will yes. be here. Uh, We're gonna get a dazzle reference in one of these Superman books somehow. Are you open? Are you open <laughs> to? Are you open to his Superman though? Are you? Are you? Uh, are you? I would like to believe that because it is Superman, he will care, and you know it. You you don't want to mess up Superman if you're a comic book writer and you get that, you kind of know that you kind of have to stick the landing. Yeah. So I hope so. I'm just, I'm hoping he's really, um, dedicated to sticking the landing. My biggest, how do I say, um, the thing I'm most intimidated by is that they gave him both books. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> they, they gave him both books. I was just like, yeah. Where give, I'm give saved with, yeah, where I'm saved with the Batman books is that if I don't like the main Batman book, I can still read Detective Comics. Yeah. I don't have that safety net now. It, so it'll be ben- all Bendis all the time. Oh God, so it'll- much Bendis. <laughs> Super Bendis is coming. And what's What's cool though is with this Action Comics uh, 1000, we didn't just get Bendis. We got no, we all. Not. We got a myriad of of writers who've written for Superman comics, Action Comics, DC Comics. Some of them even wrote Marvel comics. We got the creator of Blade in here, yes. creator of Booster Gold. We got Richard Donner has a has a has a that credit. One, that one was that one was surprising to me. That one took me by surprise. I was like, wow, we we brought Richard Donner back. Dirty from Dick Donner <laughs> showed up <laughs> for Action Comics 1000. Like you understand, everybody's yes. here, but we're gonna go through these stories in order so the first one is from the city that has everything it was written by dan jurgens with ink by norm rapmund uh dan jurgens famous for depth of superman action comics he created hank henshaw doomsday booster gold and he wrote boosters first two volumes so my man knows a little bit about time travel and space yes he does uh Basically, the plot of this is after battling an intergalactic threat, Superman can't help but be distracted at the Superman Day Festival where Metropolis has come to thank him, including heroes and villains alike. And the story opens up with Superman just doing a regular old, uh, you know, world saving. There seems to be a big ship uh, in orbit of Earth and with these crazy aliens and Superman gets rid of the entire ship. But he fears that there's an armada coming, that this can't be just the only ship. Uh, around there has to be an entire army. Clearly, this was too easy. But the entire time, Lois is like, uh, "Clark, Clark, you need to be here. We're Focus. expecting you to be here. Focus up, Clark. Focus up, Clark." Um, and and John's there. How do you like? How do you feel about John as a character? Oh, I I love um 
Jonathan Kent as a character. He's just he's the most adorable little kid. I love that he's just wide eyed and just yeah. he's a child. He gets to play. He just, he just sees the world with big giant anime eyes and it is wonderful. Um there 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 were a lot of times where I'm sort of amazed at the sense where it's like Jesus Jonathan, you're almost too good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He but, understands the word almost too well sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think he uh they do a good job and like like you've seen with these stories, people pretty much got free reign to of what they wanted to write Superman about. And I think it's interesting the stories that choose to include Lois and um John. Yes. So we have Lois and John here and they're they're basically saying, you know, it's about time. Don't worry. Uh, you know, um, we're here. We're here to enjoy ourselves. And Superman's like, "Well, there could be an armada out, 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 out there in space. I'd have to take care of it." And they're like, "No, calm down." Then Metropolis is basically having a Superman festival. Yes. And uh, how do you feel about Superman Day, Flash Day, uh, Batman, Bat Burger? How do you feel about the, the franchising in DC Comics of these DC heroes? Batman's Bat Bat Burger is a little over the top. Yeah, <laughs> uh, with the Joker fries. And stuff. Yes. Oh no, I wanted yes. I wanted Joker eyes. That's what they would say. I yes. want my uh, because you know rice. we should totally we should totally uh, how do you say sell this this villainizing in universe. Serial killers. Yes. Uh, yes. Stuff. Yeah. I'd, I'd I'd like my fries to be killer. <laughs> oh, terrible. As if they weren't already out of control. Um, but otherwise, I do I do enjoy that sort of thing. You know, it's it's to me, it's no different than um the Simpsons and Jebediah Springfield. We yeah. we mount these people on our on these stat on these pedestals and we create statues of them. So because it's important to the city and it also drives uh. Uh, tourism and yeah right come to metropolis you might get hit with uh, a piece of meteorite yes <laughs> everyone's there in full superman gear superman himself clark kent has nothing of superman on do you think had he put something on it would have been a little bit too i he kind of probably should have put on the shirt from action comics from new 52 <laughs> you know he had the uh he just had the superman shirt and jeans for a little it's while a little too on the nose you know and i'm like he looks familiar bro for the daily star um but Superman is there, and you have a bunch of people uh, telling, like, testimonies. Like, I was saved by Superman. You know, he saved my life and stuff. The entire time, Clark wants nothing to do with it. He's listening for the armada that he yes. thinks is coming into. So people are thanking him. Like, he saved my life. You know, I was a firefighter. He saved my life. I was, you know, um, I was on a boat. I was I was being robbed, and he saved my life. And the entire time... Um, not only is Clark not paying attention, but Lois seems to be on the phone with somebody. Mm-hmm. She keeps saying she's on the phone with Perry White. Yes. But eventually we find out that's not the case. But uh, there's a lot of talking going on in the background. I'm like, Clarks, calm down. There's people jumping there, I'm there talking and stuff. Uh, you end up um, hearing from Maggie Sawyer. Mm-hmm. OG. Yes. Metrop- Metropolite? Yes. Is that uh, the word? I, I, I'm actually pretty impressed. Metropolite. You, you, Metropolitan, sir. Metropol- no, you can't say that. I like Metropolite. No, Metropolite's good. Yes, I like it. Maggie, Maggie Sawyer, uh, famous Metropolite, works for the S. I mean the M. Metropolis City. I'm not sure. Metropolis City Police Department. One of those She's police departments. She's a detective, isn't she? Yes, yes. and she pl- she was the uh, love interest for Supergirl's sister in Supergirl. Yes, the television show Supergirl. Yes. Maggie Sawyer. A lot so, more brown in that one. Uh, just a little bit, right? I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, Maggie, uh, last time I saw you, you're a little bit more ethnic, but it happens, it happens. Oh, we can't even get started on the Wally West, uh, Irish West stuff. So, uh, Superman is here, and um, we find out that we have a, a, a different speaker, one named Mr. Benning. And Mr. Benning comes up and is basically like, 
yeah, I was a villain, and he stopped me a lot of times. Yes. Uh, but the last time that he stopped me, he like sat and like tried to talk to me and stuff like that, and he he made me a better person. And I had my life back on track, and stuff. Uh, right before he says this, when they when it's it said that he's a villain, John's like, then why are they letting him talk? <laughs> like right at the top, like this is, super, this is my dad's day. Why are they letting this uh this low bad bit, person, this low bit criminal, yes, uh, talk? And Superman says uh, after he says that you know he re- rehabilitated himself because of Superman. Superman's like, you see, that's why we let him talk because sometimes he says yeah. nice things about me. It's an important, very teachable moment because it, you, he he now. It's a child that you have to sort of explain to that, you know, not everything is that black and white, which is something you see as a child. I almost, and I might eventually, snapshotted that frame where he says, he goes, that's why uh, they let him speak, John, to remind us that people can always be better, that we should always have hope, which is the entirety of Superman's, uh, you know, uh, mentality. But um, they decided to get Perry White up there to speak, which... Then let Superman know that, well, Lois isn't talking to Perry. So, uh, what's going on with that? Perry says that Superman's like a boxer. He knows how to answer the bell. When the bell gets rung, yes. Superman, no matter how tired he is, is going to come out of the corner. I'm not totally making a niche reference for this <laughs> massive crowd. Um, how did you feel about that? How do you feel about Superman as a boxer? Do you, do, do you feel like that is an apt comparison? I understood the comparison in the sense that the, the idea is that no matter what the threat is or how bad the threat is or, or how much he is outmatched, he answers the bell. He gets up and he goes into the fight, even if he's losing it. Yeah. And and that, that, that speaks to what I mentioned earlier. Because the symbol is so much bigger than him, he has to. He, he has to project that strength that even if he's losing the fight, he has to answer it. Because yeah. if hope gives up, then what do you have? Exactly. Exactly. And he fights for that. Every time, mm-hmm. um, I I I did like the boxer reference. Um, some of the bigger stories of Superman you've seen him literally dragged through the mud. You've seen what Mongo can do to him, mm-hmm. Dark Side, and then guys like Doomsday. So I thought it was really cool to to, to yes. show him in that light. Superman is Rocky. Yes, yes, <laughs> basically, basically. Uh, Superman gets in his suit because he's ready to you know either fight the Armada or show up to the to the parade, depending on which one, you know, happens first. Bumps into Wonder Woman, and it turns out that uh, Lois, in her, you know, wifely duties, has called every member of the Justice League and said, hey, my man has a day today. Yes. And we will celebrate him and eat cakes shaped in his logo. Yes. And he needs to not be bothered. If anything happens on Earth, any threat that Superman would normally have to fly off to go deal with, can you make sure that the Justice League handles it? Yes. This is something that Batman's agreed with. Uh, uh, Wonder Woman, everyone. How do you feel about the Justice League giving um, Superman the day off? I thought that was lovely. Um, and they should be able to. I mean, they have more than enough guys. They are essentially an armada onto themselves. Since Metal, <laughs> you know, we, we spoke about this uh, in the Metal coverage with Yogi. They got Plastic Man and Martian Manhunter now. Those two. Like, I mean, if you've got Martian Manhunter, you've, you've essentially got Superman. You know, uh, I thought it's that just it was a fire issue. <laughs> I thought it was cool uh, with the um, them giving him the day off, but I think the next panel is even cooler because Diana says, you know, it's not just the league that took care of everything. You know, uh, we're all here, and when you look, it's like everybody. You see lanterns, you see titans, you see is that that's sideways, ain't it? From the new age of heroes. Oh yes, it might be. I I am not aware of the 
I'm not aware of those characters. Oh, he's the only one I read for. <laughs> he's the only one I read for. Uh, uh, me and Yogi were talking about it. Yogi has no, um, like, no enthusiasm for this series. So I said, we have to, like, at least pick up one. Because this is what happens with a Deadpool, right? He appeals in a new mutants. Yeah. And uh, decades later, he has a movie. And everyone's like, oh, I've been a Deadpool fan since day one. You could be a sideways fan. Since they won, you they, could they're, be. they're allowing you, you could to be. be. Uh, I saw the whole New Age of Heroes. I was just like, oh, this is random and silly. Okay. Uh, I just, there's like oh, four Mr. teams. Oh, Terrific's there. I know him from the TV show. There's like four teams now. You got the Terrifics, you got the Immortal Men, and you got the Challengers, and I feel like you got another group. It's like, oh my God, what's going on? Speaking of groups, you got majority of the Green Lanterns there. I don't, I don't think I see An Kyle. interesting though. cameo by Deathstroke. Yes, who last time we saw him, well, not the last time we saw him, but last time he was dealt in a Superman story, was trying to kill Lois Lane. Yes, but so, you know, there's that. I will totally show up for this honorable parade for you, Soups. Speaking of meta, I heard you had pie. <laughs> speaking of meta, uh, Diana says, "We know that without you, none of us would probably be here," and that's the most meta comment in yes. this short story because yes. it is the truth. Without Action Comics One, you don't get a lot of these people, especially like I don't know, who, uh, Firestorm, Shazam, uh, <laughs> um, Harley Quinn. Yes. Who's a, who's a creation of Paul Dini. Absolutely. Who ends up working on the animated series for Superman. So it's all, it's all connected. It's all connected. But because if you don't get Superman, you don't get Batman, and you don't get Harley. <laughs> so Lois ends it with saying, Your father is the most understanding man I've ever met, John. He knows he shares a bond with Metropolis. And that every now and then, in appreciation for all that he's, that's, he's given them, the people get to return the gesture. That's what makes him Superman. And that was uh, the Dan, the Dan Jurgen story, uh, for a city that has everything. A play on for the man who has everything, which was a story in which yes. people were trying to get Superman gifts for his birthday, mm -hmm. and I think somebody gives him, or he accidentally gets in touch with Black Mercy, the yes. plant on his chest that is able to make him hallucinate that he's having the best time of his life while the plant is like eating him alive. Yep. <laughs> so from the city who has everything, the city actually being able to give back to Clark. Now uh, we'll go into one of my favorite. Stories, uh, never ending battle, written by Peter J. Tomasi, um, who was a DC editor in 1993 and eventually was like, I think I can write some of these things. Let me try to write some of that. In 2007, he transitioned into writing. I think I can save Superman from years of mediocrity. And <laughs> and he helped put, he helped up uh, Hal put up his bootstraps because he helped write Brightest Day. So um, now uh, Tomasi and the guy who uh, you know Peter J. Tomasi wrote this story. The artist is Patrick Gleason. Gleason and Tomasi are the creative team behind the current Superman run. So if any of that fits, it's because... And oh, you know. how I will miss them. Oh, uh, yes, yes. They did a good job, man. To tell you the truth, with this rebirth story, I think at every turn they did a real, real good job of just setting up all that stuff. It, The end of New 52 Superman with the whole, like, and the old one's back, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to swallow a little bit, but... Yeah. Old Superman was so cool that like everyone's <laughs> just kind of gonna go with it. So right. I'm, I'm totally. fine with that. Um, with these Superman stories, especially with how long he's spanned with Superman Blue and Red, and <laughs> and like you said, like we were talking about with um, New Fifty Two Superman, you often wonder what is and is not in continuity. Mm -hmm. And this story I thought was a great example of showing as much of Superman's continuity in one story as you can. Absolutely. Basically, Vandal Savage, and this this entire story is being told by Superman. This is a story he's telling uh, John and Lois. And he yes. basically explains that Vandal Savage 
uh, used some kind of like weird weapon or something. Some hyper time machine. Yeah, because uh, the immortal Vandal Savage yes. is immortal and he's lived many, many years. And so he usually in like time travel stories and stuff like that. Uh, he was able to use a weapon. He was able to weaponize hyper time. <laughs> that's been a new. That's been a thing all over DC Comics recently. Hyper time. Yeah, it has. Uh, a very confusing element in the yes. Detective Comics line. Like we'll just throw in hyper time. Yes. But he's in hyper time and uh, basically sends him hurtling back into time till about the thirty. Not to be confused with lazy time. No, no, none of that. Thirty. Uh, nineteen thirty-eight when he uh was introduced when he debuted when Action Comics one came out. Yes. So you have him fighting through all these decades. You have him fighting through the 30s. Uh, you have him fighting people, uh, saving people in the 40s. You have him in uh, the war mm-hmm. with the Max Fleischer kind of logo there. Yes. I was not too familiar with this panel here where there's a bunch of, it looks like Gulliver's Island. Yeah, I, 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 I did not know what run or reference that was other than just like oh okay man and Gulliver's Travels that was interesting hey if you guys if you guys know let us know cause uh, I'd love to know knowledge is power super knowledge is super power yes um yeah we just see him through all these beautiful panels mm-hmm. uh where he you see him through the various decades he's fighting a dragon yes for some reason I popped another wrestling term <laughs> when I saw the Superman fighting each other yes the various Supermen fighting each other. That's uh, oh, I believe that's oh, the match. Oh, S-Curl Superman up there. Oh, you know? And then you have the Magog-Superman battle with him and Magog in um, Kingdom Come. Yes. Which was I was like, what? And Superman the Animated Series reference Yeah, well. Su- Superman the Animated Series, Mongo and, and uh, Superman after he was after he was killed. And that's a, they have Death of Superman stuff there too with Steel. And I believe that's Superboy. I believe so. Um, Banshee, who Silver Banshee, who made her appearance on Supergirl as well. Yes, you know they're sharing a lot of the same rogues. Do you have a favorite Superman villain? Um, I would probably say that my favorite Superman villain is Lex Luthor in the sense that just his his machinations tend to be very interesting every time, and it's it's the idea of attempting to um beat this brawn with brain. Yeah, you know. It's 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 really easy to just create this massive person and have him. You know, I'm going to punch it out with Superman, and we're going to see who wins. Yeah. But he has to develop these plans and uh figure out ways to trick or trap Superman into these unsavory positions. Um, I think usually usually working on his humanity, preying on his humanity, uh, which is absolutely. not something that's was not something that's innate in him, something that he he chose to take on. Absolutely. Uh, I th- I, th- I think the 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 time that Luther became a least interesting villain is when he starts putting on the mech suit and is ah. like, I'm going to punch it out. Right, with Superman. right, right, right. How do you feel about Super Lex? It was interesting. Um, the idea of of Super of Lex Luther, you know, trying to take on this face turn was sort of jarring, but I was along for the ride. It is. It is a fantastic, how do you say, inclination of how Lex f- sees himself. Right. You know, to, I think that his dirt, hatred. Like a... I think his hatred of Clark was always that deep inside. Lex is the Superman. Yeah. So he got to now 
fully take on that persona. He always assumed that he would be the one to usher a new level of safety or mm-hmm. uh, the new the new level of humanity. And, yes. and because Superman has kind of take that out from under him, he, he really wants yes. that back. And that's the complex because Lex is, in fact, a man and the Superman. Right. Whereas he's just this alien. Ex- exactly. I am, um, I like Zod. But I like him sparingly. I don't like that they're constantly trying to make a long history about where he's been and all that kind of stuff. But I'm definitely a fan of Zod. Um, someone I think I like a little bit more than Lex Luthor only because of Lex's current or his his like whole Super Lex and then the mech suit thing. Mm-hmm. Maxwell Lord. Yeah, I was not introduced to Maxwell Lord until I watched the Supergirl series. But I, c- I can see the... Uh... <clears throat> it did, there's there's a lot of Lex in him, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it with a a bit of a snarky millennial to right. to it. <laughs> right, there's, there's a lot of that in he, him. He and was in OMAC, um, the OMAC project. Yes. you know, just snarky and and having nosebleeds all willy nilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Suicide Squad versus the Justice League. Yes, um, and then Wonder Woman stopped those nosebleeds quite hastily. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, cut, cut by cutting off the blood at the source. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, not to get too uh, far away, but yeah, Superman has had a multitude of villains, and he's battling them all, all through the ages. Yes. Um, even Zod, never run out of rogues for Superman. And, but he's able to get out of this time trap, and apparently, this story was being told as why he was late for his birthday party. This is Superman's 80th birthday party. You got Crypto there. How you feel about Crypto? <laughs> crypto the dog. Crypto's adorable. Super dog. Uh. It, it it's a bit stretching it the lore, but it's adorable. Yeah. Um, this one was my absolute favorite. Honestly, it reminded me of an older title, which was uh, a Superman for all ages. Okay. Because that's that to me was what we traveled through reading this story. You know, you got to see Superman as he has been defined so many different ways for so many different, not even ages of people, but generations. Yeah. You know, and it means different things to different people. Absolutely. Uh, they 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 made so many attempts to first define and then redefine Superman for a new group of people, and then another new generation of people where he takes on these different looks. He's got this this cool black and silver outfit. And mohawk. I mean, a mullet. Yeah, he's got this this style and mullet. You know? And 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 now we've gave we gave him uh Kryptonian battle armor. You know? And and you notice that the new fifty two has like that like, tasseled hair look like that. Yeah. You know, and it's like oh, okay, well. But yeah, um, each one of these stories is like the mini stories we just got in that last story. When I, meaning that every artist and uh, writer who got on this Action Comics One Thousand has their own personal view of Superman, mm-hmm. and so we're getting that almost that battle through the history meta inside that story, but inside the entire issue as well. Because the next one we get is an enemy within. Which was written by Marv Wolfman, who wrote Crisis on Infinite Earths. You know, worked really, really hard on the Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. My man, Mark Wolfman, wrote a lot of Teen Titans comics. And he created Blade. Yes. So that, that's pretty damn big. Artist Kurt Swan. Uh, the plot is basically this uh, This Superman story takes the focus off the Man of Steel and gives us a look at the metropolis, uh, you know, that he lives in, where Brainiac is planning a hostile takeover one citizen at a time. The story shows the police de-escalate the situation by showing mankind is as strong as, and as powerful as the Man of Steel. And so here we have a hostage situation. A man has gone crazy uh, and saying that their people are coming to kill him. 
uh, Maggie Sawyer is trying to de-escalate the situation, but it seems very dire because Superman is nowhere near. And uh, if this goes off, if this man just starts... I mean, you've seen how we deal with uh, mass gun shootings and stuff here. Like, they literally happen every other week. So this yeah. is an instance in which somebody who is deranged has the means to take out and uh, end innocent life, and Superman is nowhere to be found. But... Made it a very interesting choice, because, like, you, you're touching on what's a taboo subject at the moment. Yes. But the police are able to de-escalate the situation, not by killing the man... In no. question, they hit him with rubber bullets. I think that's very uh, important to put in there. Yes, yes. We did the right thing here. The police were able to subdue that man, and um, Metropolis is able to tend for itself. Now, the ending is supposed to be from a different Superman comic, Superman Secret Identity number hmm. two. Okay. I tried looking through it, tried looking it up, tried giving you guys the best show I possibly can, <laughs> but I really don't get the reference. Am I supposed to believe that this man here is Superman? Is that is that the ending there? There's also that weird bubble there about a continuity issue, um, or them trying to connect continuity. But I feel like this, the 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 contrast in art styles, I feel like, is has to do with the fact that it's might be a little bit different. You know, I'm not really sure, and 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 this one ended up being one of the weaker stories for me because it's a Superman story without Superman. <laughs> well, not just that. Like I I I appreciated what it was going for. Um, I'm guessing Brainiac sent out his D-level machinations to, <laughs> to, you know, to warp these The ones humans. he got from Radio Shack? The yeah, he's like, ah, those human minds. Are, one at a time. That's how I'll do human it. Human minds are weak and feeble. There's a billion of them, but I'll do it one at a time. Yes. But I, I appreciated what they were going for. I guess it's it, it's the attempt at, uh, you know, anyone can be a Superman because anyone can be strong enough to fend off evil. Yes. But... It 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 kind of lands with a thud for me. Yeah, and yes, also because it is somewhat completely devoid of Superman. Say for the la- very last panel where he's just like, "Huh, they fix it themselves." Yeah. Oh, so oh, they nice can. Of them. Oh, well, that... maybe I can actually get to dinner on time today. Well, that works there. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Superman in the game, written by Paul Levitt and Neil Adams. Every time I think of Neil Adams, I think of Blue Batman. That is my that's my go to for Mr. Adams. But uh they've written for Batman and Superman and Neil Adams wrote Superman versus Muhammad Ali. <laughs> you know, one of the A classic fight for the ages. Yeah, one of the classic conflicts. Uh plot is Superman decides to play Lex Luthor in a game of chess, representing the relationship these characters have had for years. Unbeknownst to Superman, Lex plans to trap the Kryptonian once and for all. Uh I think that this is probably the shortest story, like as far as summaries con- yes. are concerned, because basically all that happens is Superman meets Lex Luthor on a roof. Lex says, "Are you ready to play?" Superman's like, "Yeah, let's play some chess." Uh, and Lex's like, "Okay, I'll beat you in any game you want, Kryptonian." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Okay, well, it's an ancient game of strategy." He's like, "Okay, let's play." I learned to play as a child. And then um, uh, Lex says, "I'll take the white pieces." Because I'm normally evil. <laughs> and then like, uh, Superman's like, well, you want the white pieces so you can move first. And he's like, yeah, yes. like also in business. And then Superman does checkmate. Lex goes, you think you won? Basically tosses the table. And <laughs> Kryptonian chains come out. Yes. And he's like, I finally have gotten you. You see? You see I've gotten you. Yes. Then Superman busts out. And is like, oh, no. Mr. Miracle gave me this square. And I'm not affected by Kryptonite for a couple seconds. Which is a good enough time yes. to do that. Uh, I'm gonna take off now, and Lex is like, 
The next game is mine. I don't really know what to get from that from that story. Um, it was it was a bit, it was a bit. How do you say, mm, vapid? But it felt like a cereal. Yeah, like, it, it just kind of something did. that happened. It doesn't really affect anything. Doesn't really bother. It could have been a commercial. Yeah, like. <laughs> Very, very odd. It, and then the kryptonite chains. It could have been a, how do you say, a, not a Hasbro, but um, those old Milton Bradley commercials yeah. where we were selling a chess game. It's weird. You got um, uh, kryptonite chains or Mr. Miracle Box. Oh, yeah, by the way. Oh, yeah, by the yes. way. It's a lot of that. Never been a fan of that. But we move right on to the new godfather of DC Comics, Mr. <laughs> Jeff Johns. <laughs> and Dirty Dick Donald. <laughs> with art by Oliver Cope. Copio, Copio, uh, they wrote the car. I loved this story. This uh, story takes place shortly after the events of Action Comics One, as Superman goes back to check on the antagonist of that story, Butch. See, Butch. For those of you who haven't read Action Comics One, uh, Clark Kent decides that him and Lois Lane want to go out for a night in the town, and they go dancing. As they're dancing, Butch is sitting with all his boys. You know, as you do, going, "Oh, look at that shorty over there in the corner. I think we could bag that." Somebody's like, you don't want to bag that because her man's is right there. He was like, what her man's mean about me? <laughs> what her man's mean to me, bro? I'm finna go get that. And so Butch Mr. walks Studio up. Girl. Yeah, Butch, a.k.a. Mr. Studio Girl, grabs Lois Lane. This is in the first issue, 1938. Nope. Grabs Lois Lane. Uh, he's like, come on, girl. Don't you want to dance? And she's like, uh, you know, unhand me. And <laughs> Clark says, Lois, I think we should listen to the man. This is exactly in the comic. I swear to you. He goes, Lois, I think we should listen to the man uh, and do what he says. And he and Lois is like, are you kidding me, Clark? Hits Butch in the face. Basically, storms out with Clark trying to follow her out. Gets in her car. Butch gets in, his, in their car. They end up on the same road, and Butch tries to run her off the road. In trying to run her off the road, he is then stopped as he's driving by Superman, who's standing in the road, who grabs the vehicle. Throws them all out of the vehicle, then uses that vehicle to smash on a rock, which is the iconic image of Action Comics yes. One. Is him grabbing this green bug and smashing it on a rock. So this story deals with that car in uh, in an auto shop. Based, everyone's like, uh, "You need to ask the guy that went through the issue what happened to this car because we've never seen this kind of damage done to yeah. a car before." And like, what do you hit an elephant? <laughs> and uh, you see the um, Butch sitting there. Depressed. I would be depressed too. I don't know how much a car is in that that time, but I'm pretty sure I wouldn't I have know, the money I'm for it. I'm pretty sure the job won't pay me enough for it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, shining shoes is not going to be enough. <laughs> uh, and so he's there, and he is reminiscing about the night. Oh, they actually, yeah, I think they actually grabbed Lois Lane and put her in that car uh, when they tried to run her off the road. Yeah, so um, they, she's, he's reminiscing about the night, and because he's reminiscing, we get to see mod- a modern drawing of. Classic Superman, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Very well drawn as well. Very well drawn. Mr. Oliver is fantastic. And he's like, well, what do you want? He's like, well, what should I do with the car? And the auto repair man is like, well, listen, you could either fix it or you could junk it, but you got to do something with it soon. I mean, come on, get out of here. One of those things he probably said. Get out of here. <laughs> so uh, Butch asks for a ride home. He's not able to get one. They're not, they are not trying to drive Butch home. No. And so as he's walking around, he sees a bird. And then he sees a plane, and then he sees Superman. And Superman's like, hey, bro, I actually went back to the telephone pole to go uh, check up on you, but you were gone. Um, you know, I know guys like you, but you just you just like to manipulate and like to, you know, you're Mr. Steel, your girl. I know guys. Mind you, this is that 
next morning. Yes. You know, after he tried to steal those lane. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, I know guys like you, you think you can do whatever you want, uh, dancing with whatever girl you could pick out of the crowd. Just a no good. You just, a, you just, uh, um, what is that? A, a ne'er do well. Yes. <laughs> and so uh, he says, but. But your father died in the Great War, didn't he, Butch? Mm-hmm. And you had to raise your mother all by yourself, didn't you, Butch? And she was six. Oh, six. She was sick. Yes. Wasn't she, Butch? And Butch is like, yes, you're right. And he's like, you know what? Do wish you had somebody in your life that could have helped you when you needed it. And it's a shame that you weren't able to get that. But how about you try to be that person for somebody else? Somebody else is going to need somebody like the person you wanted when you were young. Go be that person to somebody else. And it, what I love is he goes, it's your life, Butch. You can either fix it or junk it. <laughs> the mm-hmm. same thing that was told to him yep. by the auto repair man. And uh, he, another very poignant statement, Butch goes, that's it. And Superman goes, it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. It's your life. Fix it or junk it. And then we see him illegally open up a fire a fire hydrant to uh, play with the kids <laughs> in the summer. So that that's Butch. That's where Butch is at. Butch is... Uh, but just, I think Butch is going to be all right. Butch is going to be all right. Make it. I think Butch is going to be it. all right. Next is my one of my favorite Batman writers, Zack Snyder, doing one of my least favorite Superman stories. <laughs> uh, Scott Snyder, the writer of the next story, the fifth season. Uh, Scott Snyder, familiar with doing the entire run of the New 52 for Batman, the entire run for Swamp Thing for New 52. He's getting started on doing No Justice. And he just finished Dark Knight's Metal. They are giving the keys to the kingdom to Zack Snyder. His art is being done by Raphael Albuquerque. We're giving keys to some interesting people around here. Yeah, we are. We have a lot of keys. We have a lot of copies of keys. <laughs> um, the plot is Superman investigates the Metropolis Planetarium after finding out Lex Luthor is there, and he has he is in possession of the Eye of Zotar and Kronos' time scissors. Superman shows up. He's like, "Hey, bro, cosmic words." Yes, you have cosmic. You, I feel like you're here for a reason. Why are you here? He's like, "I have Kronos's time scissors and the Eye of Zotar. I can do anything I want. I can pop you in and out of time, reality, yada yada yada." Instead, I they get into make a, a pie. Instead, and see if you could explain this to me. They get into a conversation about a time in which Lex was little, yes, and sent out a beacon for like if there was aliens. And he almost killed himself, but it's told that super young Superman saved him. Yes, am I it, reading this right? Yes, it, it it would appear that um young Clark was there to to how do you say save Lex Luthor from his uh this little machine there that was kind of haphazardly created or maybe just a little defective. And but he what... mentions that uh the the item that he's using was nearly about to. Uh, Explode, yeah. Okay, combust. Yes, combust. And Superman uses his heat vision to do whatever it is he does to the uh to the item to keep it stable and exploding in Lex Luthor's face, which Lex ends up just sort of writing off as luck. Yeah. What? How? How, how did Superman the get connection there? Connection between. Yeah. Them? No. How did young <laughs> Superman get into the planetarium? I'm not sure. Um, uh, for a while, I was just kind of jiving with this interesting story of like these two guys having a talk and looking at these uh planets yeah yeah these uh these starry things and then just like wait why is clark in his lab yeah and they're just <laughs> they're sitting there chopping it up i don't know why young clark is there i also feel like superman is a person that would eventually tell the truth like eventually be like oh yeah that was totally me 
I, I, I didn't I didn't want you to die. But instead, they, uh, you know, Luther uses his story to solidify the fact that he did once believe that there were greater things outside of Earth, tried to contact them, and when they wouldn't heed his call, he decided that he would be the great thing for Earth. He would be the the savior. That thing that Superman threatens by his existence is mm-hmm. uh, Lex's ability to be the mankind's savior. Which I, do you- like, I do like that young Clark looks like John. Yes. Um, for me, that's sort of an interesting piece for a piece for Lex, in a sense. Um, partly playing up to his slight megalomania. And maybe the idea that, at least the one that they tried to levy in the movies, that like Luke's, Lex has this very, very tumultuous relationship with the idea of God or superior beings. Right. You know. He wants to be the, the cause of his own agency. C- certainly. Be- you know, he, he searched for the out there, whether it was for God or for superior alien life form. And when there was not, he just figured, well, I'm the best of us. Yeah. Gonna yeah, be and I will be the best of us. Um, in here, there is still no real humi- humility from Lex in the no. story. Um, why doesn't he kill Superman? Um, he, he later exclaims that he took those things to kill Superman. And that basically Superman was there for a reason. When Superman asks him why he's there, Lex is there. It's because Lex is about to kill Superman. Yes. Um. I assume it's because, in a sense, he does actually know. Mm. That's sort of my. That's sort of how I got this. It was like, I could kill you, but I remembered this. I remembered this thing that almost happened to me once, and I know it was you, Clark. <laughs> right. So and I I'm could g- kill you, and I want you to know this. But thanks for that. Gonna let it pass. Considered uh, a uh, a courtesy. I'm gonna. I I think I just realized something, hmm. and I've been realizing. I've been having dumb comic realizations for for a while now. <laughs> I expressed last week that I just found out on the cover of Metal One that that's supposed to be a devil horns hand symbol. Ah uh, yes. I'm I'm kind of slow to this. Okay. I think I also I think I also just found out that the fifth season is tied directly into then the story of the Tom King story that comes right afterwards because the the um the fifth season's last page it says that uh eventually the sun will eat mercury then venus and then the earth ah uh, yes and that story ends with a but maybe uh bubble that doesn't con- that doesn't continue when right. you go to the next page Superman is on Earth. The sun is coming to eat Earth. Mm-hmm. And he has just resigned the ability to um, save it. He's yes. done. He's passed it. This is a story written by Tom King. The the, the cheery yes. heart stars yes. and horseshoes of Tom King uh, is on full effect. Tom King, the writer of Batman Rebirth and Mr. Miracle. Tom artist. King is here to deliver unicorns and rainbows, ladies and gentlemen. Him and his artist for Batman, Clayman, are here uh, to deliver the story of Tomorrow. Which deals with millions of years Clay in the future. Man. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Millions of years in the future, Superman visits the graves of his parents after realizing that the Earth is set to be destroyed by the sun. So he says that you know I've been I've been here for five billion visits. So it's five million five billion years past mm-hmm. uh, our Superman in two thousand and eighteen. Um. We see that he used some dirt to make a diamond, kind of like a like a diamond something, monument. It, it looked like something like almost akin to his symbol. 
You know, he looks a lot like Reeves right there. Yes, yo, absolutely does. He absolutely does. Uh, he, you, ba- he basically this entire story is Superman uh speaking to Mind Pod Kent's grave, mm-hmm. and he's explaining that uh the Earth, the sun's mass is dropping, and that basically the Earth is is set to be destroyed, but that humanity has been gone off the Earth for millions of years at this point. Yes. Um, and that he is just ready to let it go and ready to let. My pot can't go and ready to say goodbye. How do you feel about this story? Oh man, that was depressing. <laughs> and was a bit. By the end of it, I was almost waiting here to say, "And wait for the next issue in Superior Superman on oh, Jupiter." Oh my gosh, <laughs> he um a good last Superman story, maybe. Maybe like very futures end esque. Um, uh, it was it was sad and. While, you know, if if you were to have an ending, I guess it's a nice one for being that, like, was probably going to outlast all of us. But the thought that he's just walking around Earth and then occasionally going to see the graves of his, yeah. of his parents is a little... Just walking across this barren wasteland of what used to be society. That's what happens. Tom King wrote too much Batman. Yes. He's too much in his own head with, time, with Crime Alley. <laughs> and he just Crime Alleyed Superman. That's all he did. Yes. I got What you. happens when you... When you add Batman's crippling psychosis to Superman. That's it. Uh, we also got Five Minutes, written by Louise Simonson. Female writer. I think the only female writer on this uh, in this comic. Yes. Uh, Louise Simonson. Artist is Jerry Ordway. Louise Simonson is famous for writing for Action Comics, writing for Superman, The Man of Steel, and helping on the creative team for Death of Superman. Uh, Jerry Ordway... Did art for Christ on Infinite Earths and many Superman comics. The plot is rushed to complete his work before deadline. Clark Kent is given five minutes to finish, which is more than enough time for the Man of Steel to answer the call to action. Perry White, in his Perry White glory, is yelling at Clark because he's always yelling at Clark. He's always yelling at Clark. <laughs> Clark, Clark, you know, hurry up. Finish that uh, story that you were writing. Got five minutes. But in those five minutes, Superman sees... A MTA worker asleep at the train. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they had an elevated trains in Metropolis. Um, Is this in Metropolis? <laughs> Maybe it's not in Metropolis. I think they do. Mm-hmm. Elevated trains. So, uh, MTA worker wearing MTA hat is fast asleep on the on the on the controls. He goes and stops that train from making a collision course. Uh, he stops a robbery at the at the train station yes. downstairs. So saves an older gentleman. Then sees a satellite crashing through orbit mm-hmm. and is able to stop the satellite from doing just that. By the time he gets back, he has barely any time to finish the article that he was going to write. But he goes uh, so far as to send the layout to Perry White. And Perry's like, oh, don't worry about it. All that rushing stuff I was doing earlier, it doesn't matter. We got brand new stories. Superman just yes. did a bunch of stuff. So we're going to need those stories. I thought I just thought that was so <laughs> well done, funny uh, in a way that isn't like too tongue in cheek, like it, that's exactly what would happen. It, it, it was a it was a fun little uh, a jive there. Where, like I gotta get this done, but I've gotta save people, and I've gotta get my work done. And oh no, and uh, I just kind of created new work for myself. Yeah. Well, now I gotta. He has to do the. He has to do the, has to do the whole uh, Spider Man thing where he um takes pictures of himself while he does it. I want Superman. That's it. That's it. Now, from the Batman animated series himself, Paul Dini does the next story, which is called Action Land. Pencils by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. 
Is that not the greatest names ever? Uh, <laughs> creative Hardy Quinn Paul Dini and, uh, you know, one of the chief uh, creative members of the Batman and Superman animated series Circles does this uh, story, Action Land, which is to the prism of Mr. Mixupilic. We see an entire theme park based on his favorite foe, the Man of Steel himself. And that's basically what it is, right? I feel like this was another kind of like nothing Yeah, story. it was. it was just like, it was just a short ride through... What really is continuity kind of just, land, right? Yeah, <laughs> continuity land, and what is mix, uh, mixy spitlicks, uh, odd. How do you say obsession with the Man of Steel himself? Right. Um. He 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 very much pedestals him. Uh, it's it's a very awkward, lopsided romantic relationship. And I guess the biggest part of this was that all of these tours were supposed to end with mixed Mister Mixopedalic. Uh, explaining how he defeated Superman. Mm-hmm. He, he's created this illusion for himself. And it's always supposed to end with, well, and then that's when I stopped him once and for all. But he can never finish the story because he can never think of how he would have stopped Superman. I think the idea is that he doesn't want to. Right. He thinks he does. Or, or he tells people he does, but really he doesn't want this fun to end. You figure he he can never finish the story because he doesn't really want to finish the story. I'm also like, you know, Mr. Mixus, but like, you kind of sort of got like bigger problems with like this whole Mr. Austin that you were dealing with. <laughs> like, I know he's gone too, but like, you were trapped for a little bit. But it was very weird. Really uh, unhappy about it. He has a hot wife. Yeah, yes. That, that's, that's kind of named. I believe that was from the cartoons Gypsy? as well. Gypsy? Mm. Or is it G? It's, it's spelled G S P I E. Uh, okay. Gypsy? 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 Jessipe. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that that's legit. It you go through a, a entire tour of this if, if action land, also find out that it's just him and his wife with their mystical fifth dimensional powers creating this uh, illusion for it. So I mean, it was cute, harmless. It's, it's Mixelpidlick just having fun with his his uh romantic love for Superman. And uh, the final story. That dedicate an entire abusement park to him. <laughs> I guess the final the final short story uh, is faster than a speeding bullet, written by Brad Meltzer. I I get I always do this where I do like Meltzer and Melt Metzler. Uh, I always go with Meltzer, but that's the only. It is, I, it I is have, Meltzer. It is Meltzer, but I sometimes mix up the T and the L and do it like a Melt Metzler right. kind of deal. But Brad Meltzer. Action comics of, of, I mean, not action comics, of the Justice League of America fame. Started right then in 2007 when they uh, rebooted all that. Um, and did Identity Crisis. Which yes, the much fabled Identity Crisis. Talk about hard stars and horseshoes. That's, oh, a, that's man. Don't read that around your kids. It's a, it gets kind of crazy. You made some sunny decisions. Come on, Dr. Light. Come <laughs> on. Be better. Be better. The plot is too far to save a hostage. Superman rushes as fast as he can in order to save an innocent woman's Life. How do you feel about this story? This was the story in which Superman deems himself too far to save a woman's life. It's another, it's another crazy man. I kind of would like to flip around, right? You should have a woman with a man hostage. This is the second man with a woman hostage in the same book <laughs> with a gun. Well, uh, first thing, I, um, uh, clearly John Cassidy needs more work because that man's art is fantastic. I, just, yeah. I love the way everything was drawn on this one. And he 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 drew Superman classically. Like he that was a, a choice. When yeah. you see when Superman he busts did. through that wall, it's almost George Reeves. You yes. know, it's almost uh, that Max Fleischer look. Yes. With the with the 
You know, he got a little bit of definition there. I always find it very interesting the way some people draw the cape. Some people draw it where it's like it sort of hangs off him from a distance. Yeah. And some draw it where it's almost like completely tied to his neckline. Yeah. And some draw it like it's tucked into his shoulders. Yes. Um, We see that Superman is too far to save or he deems himself too far to save somebody from a, uh, a hostage situation. We see the actual gun fire and he can see the round uh, rifling uh, through the grooves in the gun and he says he knows the distance. He just can't. He can't. He can't make it. Even references his top speed when he once. Um, that was a teary moment. Flew to uh, find get his uh, get his pa. Yeah, he said I flew faster than I did when you know when that situation happened with pa. The woman in question is able to move her head towards the barrel of the gun, which allows the gun to. It sort of shifts the rate of fire a bit, I guess. Right. Or at least the angle of the fire in which gives him in, gives him just a little bit more distance between her and the bullet and thus affords him an extra s- nanosecond of time. Right. And in that nanosecond of time, he's able to get there, catch the bullet in his hand, uh, and save the day. And I actually like the banter between Lois and Superman where Lois is like, uh, everything okay, Clark? And he's like, Absolutely, Lois. I see that look on your face. You met a good one today, didn't you? <laughs> I meet a good one every day. You know what I'm saying, Clark? People always say they're inspired by you, but I know you're a real secret. You're inspired by them. I, I thought that was really yeah. That, that a sweet that's way that's, that's just one of those moments where, where Soups runs into um, someone who just like makes him feel real good about what he does. Yeah, and then we were granted a glimpse into the future. The all Bendis show all the time. Brian Michael Bendis and Jim Lee, a certified veteran of comic art. Yes. Uh, don't jo- give him a pen, though. <laughs> join- yeah, he loves his pencils. Are joining oh, together. Oh, no, I mean, don't let him write. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he's not all that. He's not all that great. Didn't he write Hush? Um, I don't remember if he wrote Hush, but he's he's made some writing choices, and they were kind of like, Jim kind of likes his 90s extremism. And But you do do good boots, so your boots are, your boots are amazing, Jim. Uh... So, The Truth, written by Brian McElbendance with art by Jim Lee. Jim Lee is the co-founder, uh, was for, formerly the co-founder of Image Comics, you know. Uh, wrote, well, did some art for Batman Hush and Superman for Tomorrow. Way to come up in the world. Brian Michael Bendis has done some action comics. He's he's going to do, be doing Superman, The Man of Steel. Yeah. And, uh, you know. The biggest story of, uh, what, 2000... Was it two thousand? Was it last year that he switched over? Or earlier yeah, last this, year. Last year, yes. One yeah, of the that was comic stories of two thousand seventeen. Yeah, it was his Exodus from Marvel and now coming to DC, and he's not the only one that's coming because turns out a powerful alien named Rogar Zar. Rogar. Rogar. <laughs> Sounds like me after a couple of drinks has had, <laughs> has landed on Earth, claiming to be the real reason, true reason behind Krypton's destruction. He has come to take out Kara and Clark and finish the job. And this will be continued in Bendis' Man of Steel story. Yes. So, I also think that this is not, there's not much to talk about here. You got a lot of the witty banter. Did you have any issues with that? Um, No, I, I, I didn't bother me. I, I kind of find that kind of funny. Like, as long as it isn't completely impeding um, the situation. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, yeah, I'm... I'm the kind of person who would kind of have that sort of witty banter. It's like, if I was freaking pulling him into the, you know, into the shop behind the wall and just like, oh, he's wearing that stuff again. 
Yeah, I thought I thought it was cool that they called attention to the underwear and the briefs being back. The red yes. briefs are back, people. I'm not. They are back. I'm not excited about it, but they are back, and I will accept it. They, well, to be honest, <laughs> there there has just point blank period been way more briefs than out briefs, right? So I guess it's just one of those things there you have has, to kind of. Although I mean, it it's it's been a thing, and and a lot more people, you know have been able to jump on it, but we're going back to it, so. This is, they got that from Strongman, right? Is that? Yes. Um, because of the time frame it was written in, like, all of the circus Strongmen wore those types of outfits, and it's really just to keep um, the tights up. About yeah. Not the tights up, but um, less because the fabric back then wasn't very dependable. Right. So, like, when you're doing these acts, the fabric would slip and slide and, like, that's embarrassing, you know. It keeps everything where it needs to, where yes. it needs to be. So they would wear this over the top of it, so that even if, even when the pants would slide down the trousers, you'd have, you know, some coverage, and that's just how guys look. There was this. Yeah, because Aquaman's gone away from it. Yes. Uh, Batman's away from Batman's it. Batman's gone from it. Completely. I'm trying to think of other big. I mean, Robin wore what shorts. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird. That was a weird time. That was a very weird time. Uh, a, a lot of characters who sort of like that was their default have sort of drawn away from it and just sort of get a belt now. Yeah, which makes sense. Or some different colorway. And coming from some sort of astral belt is this guy called Rogalzar. Yes, uh, and he Supergirl just pops up. I was kind of surprised by that. I was too, but no. I'm I will be actually excited to see more Supergirl Superman interaction. Yes, he hasn't been. She hasn't been mentioned in this regular Superman series, has she? One time, very briefly. Um, one he had to time, save her. He had to save her from the D.O. or something, right? Um, uh, I remember the opposite. There was a there was a story where he was um, uh, on the outs of a battle, and like the entire Superman family came to save him. Supergirl oh, yeah, showed you're up. Right. Supergirl showed up. Kenan Kong shows Steel. up. Yes, everyone's there. Yes, okay. Yes, I'm. I'm. I. I am remembering this. Um. But Supergirl's here. Uh, Mr. Czar is claiming t- that he wants to take out Clark. Jim Lee's art's amazing in this. The way yes. he's the way like the the pure massacre of everything that's going on. Yes, reminds me of the Battle of New York. Uh, just where all the debris, the the urban debris, like cabs flipped over and and buildings all knocked down. Someone tell you it reminds me of, of the Man of Steel destruction. Oh yes, the uh, the uh, Metropolis massacre that yes. occurred. Yes, <laughs> between the the two Kryptonians. Uh, speaking of Kryptonians and all the beautiful art, apparently all this is happening because Zar needs to finish his, his work. He's the one who caused the Krypton's destruction. So he says. So he says. Yes. And so because he has eradicated the Kryptonite plague from the Earth, he needs to continue doing that by destroying You think there was a bounty on Krypton with as many people who want to claim they were the ones who destroyed it. And Jor-El, and if Jor-El had all this science behind the planet about to explode, like, no one knew that he, no, we're going to find out that there was a bomb in the core. Right. <laughs> or something like that. Out of control. How do you feel about this being the first story? How do you feel about Mr. Rogozar? It's not a great start, and I, just, I want to believe that it's almost a red herring. Yeah. That, like... He'll be killed in the first issue of the next uh, comic. Right, and then, like, this is where we're really going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, is Jim Lee going to be the one for the book going forward? I'd be interested to, to see that. I wouldn't see why he wouldn't be. Hmm. That, that would be exciting to see because he, um, while I did not read it, I've seen some of his art for Superman Unchained, and that was fantastic. Yeah. So 
uh, I would I would like to see Jim Lee stay on this. Um, I I don't know what to say because for this it's just like we gave you just this random alien guy with this really ugly yeah. face. Yeah. And oh, I was the one who destroyed Krypton. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like this comic was drawn first, and then they were like, well, what can we put in the yeah. What can we put in the bubbles, and it's like, well, he'll just say evil person things. Like, I, yes. I've come here, and I've come here to destroy. You. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if we said I that he pissed in your Cheerios? Yeah, wouldn't it be cool if we said he destroyed Krypton? Like, yeah, I, I guess so. Whenever, whenever any suggestion starts with "wouldn't it be cool," I'm just like, no. yeah, 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 yeah. Let's let's not have that conversation. No. Especially, especially aliens, they have a twisted sense of what is cool and what's not. Right. But regardless of the maybe lackluster story that. Brian Bendis is starting. Hopefully, he comes in <sighs> like a Man of Steel, like he's speeding bullets. Yes, and is able to uh, nail Superman because we deserve a good Superman book. We've yes, been getting we a good. Do. We've been getting a good Superman book. So I'm very interested to see what they do and what he does end up doing in the sense of is he going to write? Is are we writing just this concurrent weekly Superman story, or are we get or is Bendis doing two things? I think at he's once. doing two things at once. I think That's... he's gonna do the weekly. I think he's gonna do a weekly Man of Steel story, and then he's gonna write for Superman. It's gonna be kind of. What is it? But hmm. there's a Man of Steel story in it, but like uh. Unless Man of Steel's the arc in action or Superman. So we still getting the mainline Superman comic, and I am Man of Steel. Comic. Huh. Yes. So wait, is that three? Su- we're getting uh, three it's Superman a lot. Books? Of, it's a lot of Superman books, and he's gonna be on one of the Justice Leagues. So. There's oh, Jesus Christ. There's a lot of that, too. I thought, I thought he was just getting the... I thought we were just doing the mainline Superman book and then action comics like we were getting. Nope. Action, Man of Steel now. Superman, Man of Steel, and uh thing. Could be wrong, and if I am wrong, you guys know where to reach us and okay. let us know. But, uh, you know, kind of a lackluster ending, but it could be the setup to something amazing. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you don't have that much faith in that, but we will definitely see. I want to believe in it. I just... I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. I want I want Bendis to just sort of turn this around for me and keep my keep this really really good run for Superman going. I was a a pig in slop with this issue, rolling around <laughs> in all the continuity, all the Easter eggs. Um, I decided to to list the stories I found, uh, basically my favorites to my least favorites. Yes, and I'll do that quickly here just to give people an idea of what the Superman means to me and what stories I felt like best encapsulated him. So number one. Was the never ending battle? I believe you said that was uh, one of your favorites, if not your favorite, which is the Peter J. Tomasi story. We are on the same level with that. Yes, the never ending battle was my favorite by far, and a and appropriately just a fantastic uh, swan song for Peter J. Tomasi and uh, yeah, Patrick he's leaving, Gleason. man. They're leaving. The, they're leaving the book, and they were able to encapsulate all of his history there. I thought that was the most important. And uh, I'm going to leave you with the best one on this. Good luck, guys. And here's a birthday cake. Uh, <laughs> and I, so I thought that was amazing. Uh, number two I have from the city that has everything, just because where uh, issue one shows how much Superman means to um, his family and how so much Superman needs to the world. Metropolis and the Justice League often take a step back to all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that the Justice League was actually physically there and was like, you know what, we celebrate you in this moment. Um, from the city that has everything... Also shows that villains can be redeemed. It also shows that Superman's mind is never on himself. No. Even when it's about him. Even when the situation is about him. He's thinking about something else. Um, so but it's the only story big. with the Justice League, wasn't it? I want to say so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only show, only one that showed Batman and Wonder Woman. All that stuff. 
And then number three for me was five minutes because I think that if you don't know who Superman is, that encapsulates all of it. All well, of it. I, it, it, it's it's a very appropriate title too. Like as you just said, like if if you if you said to someone just like tell me or give me Superman in five minutes, it's like that's yeah, it. That's, yeah, you know, stopping uh stopping big threats like a satellite, stopping little threats like um. Uh, you know, and a robbery, which is not a little threat, but in comparison to a satellite and, and still be and still being so human that he has to get his work done because his boss is gonna fire him or any kind of stuff like that. Ass. Yeah, like 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 the the fact that he thinks that there's any kind of repercussions on this is ridiculous. Certainly, but you know, I thought that was cool. Um, number four, which number four and three could switch at any time, is the car. Right, amazing homage, amazing uh, way to look back. I just read one. So that just hit all the feels for me because I just read it. So it, I was like, okay. It, it 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 takes Action Comics one, which is really just like almost a silly nothing story, but iconic for what it became, and actually gives it some some weight to it. Yeah. That really really uh pushes what Superman is. It it it's so much more than I pick this car up and you know I punish this guy for his bad doings. It's like you did a bad thing. But you, you can be a better person. You see that happen a lot in Batman. A lot of Batman's rogues galleries are people, or people who've rose to prominence in his rogues gallery, mm-hmm. were people that people wrote to be just off the wall crazy people. And yes. then you give them depth, you give them mm-hmm. that weight, you give them that third dimension, and all of a sudden, wow, this Two Face is this. Like Two Face was very one note in the comics. Was, yes, I have two guns, and we're gonna rob the second. <laughs> National Bank with the set of twins. Yes. It's, it's, it's very, very, uh, you know, put in that in that kind of. We're, going to, t- we're going to take the gold out of the Federal Reserve while I yes, chime and out someone, rhymes. and someone poison the water supply. It's always a situation like that. So to have them, and they go- really got to guard that water supply better. <laughs> to have somebody buy there by the 1930s. Uh, you know, a story from the 1930s, 1938, to be taken and given depth. The fact that Jeff Johns was able to give the very first antagonist of Superman a backstory. Yeah. It, to tell you the truth, that also encapsulates Jeff Johns. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know that Jeff very Johns much. Jeff Johns is gonna go back and and find something. There was a really, reason. Damn it. He's gonna find something that's really thin and just give it a whole lot more weight. There was a reason. There was always a reason. Uh, what do you think? What was your favorite? My favorite number one was absolutely a never-ending battle. Okay. Just because, like I said, it, it was this Superman for all ages journey, and you got to take a journey through the different iterations of Superman and how Superman has been defined so differently for so many different people and so many different generations of children. And and that's that's a that's an important thing to focus on, how it's been defined for different generations of children or teenagers, because. You know, you've had to attempt to not only play to different demographics, but play to how the culture has changed. Yeah. So you've got super squeaky clean uh, Superman from the 40s and 50s when that was how they portrayed people. And then you've got, you know, 90s Superman who's a little more hardcore and is real big. And yeah, you got pro-war Superman. You got him fighting yes. the dragon. Yes. So you got fantastical Superman. Yes. You know, uh, how do you say, uh, uh, power metal Superman? Yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> Dark Knight's metal Superman, huh? Yeah, right. Um, it, it, that was just a great time capsule moment for me, all to just bring it right back around today to now we have what is your sort of millennial family Superman, Superman, you yeah. know? 
How did you? Um, what do you think is your least favorite? Ah, uh, I've I've got to say my least favorite is. Hmm. Well, why why are you why are you there thinking? I'll go ahead and uh, let mine out. My yeah. least favorite is Action Land, the mi- the Mixopedalic story, only because I really feel like it did nothing. It really was just this is the things you know about Superman. Almost if you didn't know about Superman, that's what you would write about Superman. Like, oh, he came in a rocket. And then he was adopted by the Kents. And then he joined the Justice League. And here are some of his villains. And I was just like, maybe there's another part of it that I'm missing. And maybe it's in the animated series. <laughs> you know, like right. something else. But uh, it, that wasn't my favorite. But obviously what comes close uh, is uh, Of Tomorrow by Tom King and um, the Zack Snyder story. They can All, all three of those can take turns if when they the want who? to. Being the, being the worst. Uh, the fifth <laughs> season Zack Snyder story, yeah. Zack Snyder? Oh, Scott Snyder. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. I know you. I know you are Even home when dealing he's with. Not involved. Snack he's, Snyder's he's getting. He's getting. He's getting. getting hey, I want the Zack Snyder cut of this comic. Is basically what I'm trying to say. I want. I want only mustaches on my Superman yes. going forward. Can you? Can um, I get that? Can I get that? That one. I. I think my least favorite is in fact of tomorrow, and I feel. I. I hate saying it just because I feel like I'm just harping on Tom King again. Yeah. But it. It was like. In this book, if the cape sort of, fits, though, bro, like, come on, King. Right, where we're so we're this 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 parade of celebratory, you know, stories about Superman, and we just hit this real sad note. His saddest moment, right? Like, yeah, like he legit is giving up. Like, uh, the 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 plot of land that isn't even a grave anymore, where my parents were I'm visiting for the last billion time and I'll take a handful this of soil planet's about to go and I'm and just make gonna, it a, a diamond and I'm gonna leave this little glass figurine of them and bye y'all it's there's like, a lot did we need that no no it was we def- didn't it was definitely a lot we did not but I thank everyone for uh, putting in their time and effort this was time this was commitment this was uh, a history lesson. This was a love letter. This was everything that Action Comic 1000 needs to be. I am extreme. I cannot explain. I am extremely, <laughs> extremely looking forward to Detective Comics 1000. Oh, man. That's going to be something, isn't it? <laughs> I am looking forward to th- We're close. Where are we at? Like se- 976 or something like that? Oh, we're real close. Oh, yeah, boy. we're close. I want to say next year. It's a coming. Next year. Yeah, and that'd be uh, huge. I heard the only reason why action surpassed is because they went to a uh, weekly thing, like a weekly uh, distribution system uh, for, yes, for a right. very short time. But that they would have been neck and neck with Detective had they not been putting out more comics. It's probably better that way. Faster than a speeding bullet, and this this has been the Action Comics uh, one thousand review. Anything else you want to say about the Man of Steel in general? Uh, I'm I'm. I've always been a, a huge fan of, of Superman, and for me, it was just always, if I wanted to have someone to aspire to, I, I would want to be Superman, you know, that was, that's a big part of my fandom, it's sort of the ideal person to be to me, you know, not and not even in the sense that, like, you can do all these amazing, fantastical things, but just being a good person and having this staunch uh, belief in hope and goodness, not only you know in yourself, but in other people. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing to have, especially in a cynical world that we kind of live in now. It's important to have that and not carry the burden of just absolute uh, cynicism and misery. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, 
he does believe in humanity a lot. And yes. I think we as humans have often, you know, gotten jaded and, and have refused to believe in humanity. Um, and that that's caused, uh, obviously, you know, cynical sides to form. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's not only the idea of where, like, you, you'll see, like, someone will post an image of war and be like, where is the humanity? Or right. poor people will be like, where is the humanity? And the thing is, like, if you're looking, with what I've learned from Superman is, if you're looking for a, uh, something that's, if you're looking for a trait to be existent in the world, it's as much of your responsibility as it is everybody else's. Sure. So if you're saying where's the humanity, you need to be a better human out there and then infect other humans to be better humans and then as a whole, humanity will progress. But for you to drop your, put your hands up in the air and be like, ah, oh, the world is screwed, right. you're just as much a part of why the world is screwed. It, it is as self-assured else. destruction. Yes, mutually assured destruction. Self uh, self-fulfilling prophecies. Yes. When you're out there, you want these things to almost happen because you said they they might. Uh, television will ruin the brains, and you know, yeah. this is a, <laughs> and it's like, man, these characters have existed for eighty years because they do represent things bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. And Superman does represent hope and the hope that we all could be better, uh, help each other out more. That people from the people don't have to necessarily be a part of a situation to understand and sympathize for the people in the situation. He is not a human, never will be, but sympathizes very much with the human plight, the human struggle and all that kind of stuff. And we could do better to do that as well. Because in, at the end of the day, Superman is really as human as every single one of us, if not more. And according to Justice League, Batman says he's most human, right? He's even yes. more human yes. than he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> and, uh, we hope we gave you our best human uh, recap and review here for uh, for this GT rebirth. Please tell me you're going to be on another episode here. This this was uh, this was a fun powwow. Oh, I'd love to come back. This is this has been a lot of fun and uh, no no justice is starting soon. You know we got we got we got oh some boy. yeah we got some books coming. Yeah, wedding Batman's wedding is coming up. You oh know Yogi. Man, we got to get so you and Yogi on a show just. Oh man! And I'll be referee. We'll, we'll just do it. That we'll do. We'll do that. Uh, that that's a trinity for you, isn't it? But I love, I love our ability to sit here and chop it up about comics. When I started Comic Book Click two years ago, we've had our two year anniversary. Yes. Uh, when I started Comic Book Click, your two year anniversary, you brought a noob. Well yes, played, friend. A, a noob <laughs> for the thousandth issue of a comic. How more synergy? Like that's perfect. It's perfect because that's what Comic Book Click is. We're the new thing talking about a medium that's existed. Yes. For ever and we want people to realize that while we are a click a tight-knit little mm-hmm. click the doors are open man come in the hall of justice is open grab your but your i think that's the beauty of the entire ring. thing for me as a guy who just started reading actual comic books two years ago to be able to appreciate the gravity of action comics 1000 and you know be a part of the grandioseness of it, it it's it's a it's a great testament to how much you can still grab anyone at any time. And and when you do, you do feel a part of something. Yes. You're a, part, you're a thread in a fabric the same way. We're hoping to have everyone feel that way with Comic Book Click. And so, if you like all the things that we do here at Comic Book Click, all you have to do is go to Facebook.com slash Comic Book Click, Instagram at Comic Book Click, or use the hashtag Comic Book Click to talk about the newest, hottest, and latest, greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Major Issues is on Twitter at Major Issues CBC, so you can go ahead and do that. But most importantly, if you like the things that are going on here at Major Issues, try to rate and review us on iTunes. is the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters. If you're able to rate and review us on iTunes, not only do 
we get the direct honesty from you guys about how to improve this show. But other people looking for a show like this are easier. We're easier to find. We'll shoot right up to the top of recommended for everyone that's trying to listen to us. Uh, people talk about comics. Just people talk about comics and comic book movies and all of it. But we're everywhere. Google Major Issues Podcast. We're the first thing that pops up. Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, Apple Music. Uh, we're trying to get on uh, Spotify. I know we're on Stitcher. Uh, we're wherever podcasts are found. Uh, look us up. This has been the Action Comics 1000 recap and review and a little bit of Superman talk. What we'll do is uh, we'll, I'm going to look because we're going to start building the new schedule for the now that we're past two years yes. for these podcasts. Um, obviously, we're going to have current stuff available. Like I would love to tackle no justice maybe even issue by issue or uh, one of those stories there but we're gonna have to do the man of steel review we will yes you know and i'm gonna need you here for that maybe go back into the bvs we're gonna, we're gonna have to discuss how every reason i have to defend man of steel against everyone hey i'm winning <laughs> i'll be muhammad ali in that situation be superman and muhammad ali bro we'll, we'll, we'll get that oh fight God, he lost that fight you're yeah. not helping me yeah, at yeah. all <laughs> Hey, rest in peace, Ali. But um, <laughs> yes. But yeah, man, we got so much episodes. We got so much episodes. We got so many episodes already in the future. Uh, and I've been to the future. And I know the comic book click becomes the newest, hottest, and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. So all we need is your help to get us there. Inch by inch, we are getting there. We are growing viewers. We are growing, uh, you know, likes and, and, and shares. And it's all because of you guys, the click. I want to thank you guys for that. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. My name is Gregory Thomas Jr., a.k.a. GT Rebirth. And we have been your panel here for Action Comics 1000. This has been Major Issues. We got major issues. But remember that you are worthy.